Welcome to the This is the Place podcast, a Silicon Slopes production, Utah with its mountains and valleys, Utah with its canyons and streams. Oh, Utah. So good. What a place. What a place to be, Meg. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Were you saying it to me or to I was. our listeners? Good to be here. Am I right? You know, thank you for a personal welcome. That means a lot to me. I'm glad. That's what coworkers do for each other. welcome you right back. Thank you. You want to talk about some tech news? I want to talk about an event that you just moderated. Okay. You're actually quite the moderator these days. People may not realize this. First of all, you're dressed quite spiffy. Thank you. Much spiffier than I. Um, I mean, low bar. Okay. That that doesn't say a lot. I agree. But you moderate a panel like every week now. Sure. When did this transformation come about? Um, I don't know. I, you know what happened? Clint was late Midlife once. crisis. Midlife crisis. Because I'm old. No, but Clint was late for a um, town hall. and That doesn't sound like him. I, I know, right? Weird that Clint was late to something. I had to fill in last minute and it went like, okay. And then Clint figured out that it's something that I can do. He's like, oh, <laughs> cool. This is your job now. <laughs> the dirty, dark secret of our organization is that we try to keep Clint from finding out we're capable of doing literally anything. <laughs> we, and when he does, it's like talents. such a blow. <laughs> I come, I don't wear any clothes to work, I don't speak, I don't write, I don't do anything. And he's just like, okay, yeah, just don't expect anything. I guess, as I soon guess as you flash something stuff, on stage where you could like hold a coherent conversation with guests, Clint's like, you're doing, you're doing this, you're doing this every time. You'll be on this time, you'll wear normal now. clothes. This is your life, you're going to do it every day. <laughs> um Jokes aside, you had a very serious conversation today about transportation. We did. Something that's near and dear to our heart. Yeah, I mean, I personally drive down from Sugar House. I drive from Spanish Fork. It's it's a nightmare. It's not great. There's a lot of people. 106 South is closed right now. Are you freaking kidding me? Ooh, I didn't even know that. that is, it's that's bad. That's a grim state of it's affairs. It's bad. It's always a bad bottleneck right there. So anyway, it was interesting to talk to them about plans for the future. So who who was there first? Who came and talked? Robert Grow from Envision Utah. Okay. Uh, Derek Miller from World Trade Center Utah. And Stephanie Froman from EDC Utah. So all have... A lot of interest in making Utah a desirable place for new companies to come in, for employees to thrive. There's just issues, right? Like, okay. there's a lot of us here, a lot of us moving in. It's hard to keep up with the growth. Um, so, what was most interesting to me was we talked about what we can do right now to make it easier for employees in the tech community to get to and from work. And the big takeaway I got is that we need flexible schedules. Ooh. And I mean, Silicon Slopes. You're preaching to the choir there, miss. I've, I have walked in at like 11 a.m. and been the one to turn on the lights before. <laughs> we don't have like real schedules, but I think it like kind of works. We, we get done what we need to get done. I think that other companies are adopting that model. Anyway, point is, don't make your employees work. <laughs> if we can take away anything from this podcast, <laughs> it's that workplace efficiency should just plummet. Plummet. Nobody should ask anything of their workers. That's our rallying cry here at Silicon Slopes as a nonprofit. Anyway. Good event. <laughs> Thanks to our panelists. In other Silicon Slopes news, we have launched an internship program, Meg. We are I, in need of interns. I like to interns. call it the indentured servant program. <laughs> Here are the things that we can offer. A, unlimited lifesaver mints. B, Laughs. sodas. Oh. C, laughter. <laughs> the most valuable commodity of all. Can you imagine working in the very same place as the co-host of the This is a Place podcast? <laughs> What an honor that would be. That in and of itself is worth its weight in gold. They should pay us. No, it's worth its... <laughs> they should pay us, actually. Again, for the last time I'm going to make a play on this podcast, please, Clint, 
pay us. We deserve to be paid for our work. <laughs> I'm tired of working for free. I don't have a family, but I can't support myself without any money. Chris has got out of a lot for like 10 of fruit years. snacks he needs to buy. <laughs> really needs a paycheck. We have unlimited soda. We have snacks. We have unlimited learning opportunities. We uh, have an the, extensive uh, network. I'm sorry, but the soda is not unlimited. Okay, that was... There has been more than one occasion when I've opened the fridge to find zero Diet Cokes. Yeah, you have... Okay, we're going to take a quick break from the internship program to talk about you because you've been in a weird, weird place. <laughs> okay. Every time I see you over the last two weeks, let's say, mm-hmm. you're drinking something that I've never seen before in my life. What? Stop it. Yeah. We ran out of Diet Coke, apparently, and you were drinking. I don't know what it was. I don't know what was happening or where you were getting these things from. You had cans. You had bottles. I don't know what they were. Can witch, you explain yourself, brew. please? I've got a witch that I contract <laughs> okay. to make me. New as startup. long as it's caffeinated, I'm fine. The old witch's startup. Um, But we really are looking for interns. We really are looking we're for really interns. We're really not going to pay them, but we really would like some interns. We really will give them laughter and also an opportunity to learn a lot of things and also an opportunity to connect with a lot of people in the tech community, which would be very valuable for a college student. And there is soda. I mean, and there is let's soda. Let's get that straight. And there There's is soda. unlimited Lifesaver mints. It's just that I drink a lot of it, <laughs> so it's not necessary. Unlimited. I guess what I'm afraid of is that someone else is going to come start taking my soda. You, I hate that your number one worry is the intern program encroaching upon your own soda consumption. Well, I mean, let's be practical. I need a Diet Coke to get through my 2.30 afternoons. Someone takes that Diet Coke, it's going to come to blows and I'm going to win. There's just something comforting about seeing you wandering around with a Diet Coke. When you don't have that in your hand, it rattles me in a way that I just can't fully express to people. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I quit for a week because I felt like it was getting (laughs) out of hand. So you quit your job? No. I quit Diet Coke for a week. And like, mostly just to see if I could do it. And I did. And it was fine. Except I was so dumb. Like, (laughs) people would say things to me and I like wouldn't register where they were saying my friend texted I love me that there's a direct correlation between diet coke and brain power in your mind <laughs> my friend texted me a joke and it literally took me one full hour to understand the punchline and i kept texting her like i don't get it can you explain it to me and she said i can't tell you the punchline of the joke it won't be funny and then like she it, had to it literally that. took me one full hour <laughs> there's a I scientific study here waiting to happen you know in the same way that the more alcohol you consume the more brain cells you destroy I didn't know that, but... For you, the more Diet Coke you consume, it stimulates brain cells. Yeah. uh, If you drank like a million ounces of Diet Coke today, you'd be Albert Einstein. And dead, but worth it. And also dead. It's like John Travolta in that, uh, remember that movie, Phenomenon? And he gets the brain tumor. Can't say that I do. He's like a genius. (laughs) Good try, though. John Travolta movie call-outs are probably not my cup of tea. All right. Anyway, let's talk about uh, Hold the on. Next Before thing. we oh. close on the internship nope. program, okay. anybody who's interested in that, contact Garrett Clark. The man He's the man the for the program, and you can find him at Garrett at SiliconSlopes.com. We've already had resumes start coming in, and we just posted Uh-oh. it two hours ago. So Uh-oh. hurry, people. You better hurry. send yours in. You better make it the best one. Lifesavers await. All right. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, tell me about Contrary Capital launching at BYU and oh, yeah. Utah. We have some tech news. Contrary Capital launched on Tuesday. Have you ever heard of this entity? Meg, I'm asking you. On the contrary. You're the only person on the podcast beside myself. On the contrary. Meg looked at me Get like it. she didn't know she was on the podcast. Contrary Capital. Okay, good. You're thinking up your joke. You have been drinking Diet Coke today. I have. There's one in here with me right now. I spoke with the founder. His name is Eric Tarzinski. I hope I'm saying that last name correct. He attended college at Northeastern in Boston, and this was three years ago. He had an idea that there wasn't a venture capital organization that was dedicated just strictly to colleges spread across the United States. 
So he starts kicking around the idea for Contrary Capital, which is this decentralized, university-focused venture fund. That's the tagline for it. He starts meeting with students and influencers at universities across the United States, starts building out this network, then starts fundraising for Contrary Capital. So he raises a bunch of money from a lot of prominent angel investors, we'll call them, co-founder of Tesla, SoFi, uh, MuleSoft, people along those lines. Okay. Um, And then he hones in on the top 55 major research universities in America. Two of those are University of Utah and Brigham Young University here within our lovely state borders. So this is a process that takes approximately two years. Okay. Tuesday is the culmination of all of that work, Mm -hmm. which is this infrastructure is in place in each of these 55 places. There's money and contrary capital launches. And how it works is is like a really small VC firm at each of these campuses. The people who are associated with contrary capital, they meet companies, they interact with them, set up times to present, you know, X, Y, and Z. After that actually happens, they'll bring in Eric or a member of the contrary capital team. They'll sit down. They'll see if it's a good fit, ask questions, all that kind of stuff, um, and kind of go from there. So it's decentralized in the fact that you have this happening at 55 universities, but it's all feeding into this larger narrative of investing money within college universities. Any questions, Mick? No. No questions. Good job explaining that, Chris. <laughs> that was good. You just barely found out you were on the podcast with me again. <laughs> Full disclosure, I was reading an email. I know you were. <laughs> We've been recording for like eight minutes or so. And twice in that eight minute stretch, I've said something. And you've looked at me like you didn't even know I was in the room. It's very offensive. Sorry, I need more diet. Think of how unwanted I feel right now. <laughs> okay. All right, now I'm ready to hear about Plural's site. And... We'll, t- we'll go into a little more tech news while you answer a couple more emails on air. <laughs> Maybe if you want to clock your keys a little more so our listeners can know, that would really help out. Nothing more entertaining than reading emails on air. <laughs> <laughs> so Plural's site, a company we know and love, one of our main sponsors. Um, we've done a lot of things with them and Aaron Scannard over the years. Mm-hmm. They just struck a deal with GoEd. Wow, what is it? It is. They promised to, over the next 10 years, I believe create 2,400 jobs within Utah. Really cool. Um, the deal just involves them getting tax breaks when they meet certain parameters for this. Um, and so Utah's getting more jobs. That's the general basis of the story. What's our employment rate at right now? Do you know? It's low. You have a like, percentage. Isn't it like four? Ah, pretty good. 3.5%. 3.5. National average, I think, is like four and a half. So we're, we're in a decent spot, but you know, it's until that keeps going down, we're never going to feel really good about life, are we? No way. No way, in fact, in fact, we feel pretty bad about life. You think about it. <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> Nothing you do with like the state of the economy or anything. But good for Pluralsight. Um, Aaron Sconard was like, in the stuff that I read about it, he was really forceful and just, this company was started in Utah. We want things to continue in Utah, and he's passionate about that. So cool. high five, Aaron Sconard. Way um, to go, Aaron. Way to go, Aaron. See way you to go, at, Aaron. Thanks for listening. See you at Pluralsight Live, which see is happening Pluralsight Live, right which is now. happening currently. When this podcast comes out you're going to be listening to michelle obama i am i'm thursday afternoon which is today wink i'm going to be at michelle obama's speech gleaning from her wisdom what are you going to ask her because <laughs> we know you'll have a one-on-one i'm going to ask her how she gets her arms so toned cool that's a pretty good question to ask right mm-hmm. well if you have to talk with her for longer than one minute what's your second question um teach me your ways <laughs> that's not a question that's a request I, one in the same are you planning on doing anything else at Plural Site Live besides visiting with Michelle Obama? Are there snacks? Because if there are snacks, I'll eat some snacks. If I had to guess, I would guess yes. Then yes. <laughs> I plan to do something besides Snacks and Michelle Obama. Obama Thursday. Folks, tune in. Um, can I tell you about something that bugs me? 
You know, I would be overjoyed to hear this. Because it's time for our segment called Tech Talk No-Nos. <laughs> Here's what drives me crazy. What? What drives you crazy? Acronyms. Ooh. When just, like, tell me the words. You've been talking with too many government folks, haven't you? Yeah. We're going to take the CPR, we're going to put it in the TUV, and then we're going to... Then we're going to apply it to the RMW. Like, I don't know what any of that means. So here's my question to government folks, which they can obviously respond because there's a lot in the room right now. Dear government. Dear government, why is every program and title 14 words long and then condensed into a 14-letter acronym that nobody knows what it means? Like, is there not a way to simplify these? Is there somebody who needs to be hired by the government to just specifically simplify Titles of people and programs. You know who they should hire? Me. Us. Me and you. Split the pay. We will, we're we getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First time ever. Oh my See you, Silicon Slopes. Cushy government jobs. All their money getting paid out. Anyway, don't use acronyms. Don't you? I just, yeah. Just tell us what you're talking about. Here's the thing. I'm okay with acronyms, but you have to tell us out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Say like USA stands for United States of America. Fine to call it USA from that point on. But let the people know what you're talking about. Otherwise, you're just being the jerk who's like, you know, warding your superior knowledge over the intellectual inferiors. You haven't been drinking Diet Coke today, have you? I'm a little slow. <laughs> we need anyway. an acronym for that last sentence. Anyway, <laughs> stop using acronyms. Just use real words. I'm ready to talk about weird Utah news. Are you? I want to talk about giving birth. Oh, have you done it? No, can't say that I have. Have mm, you? I have. Twice. Twice. Um, this is why I wanted to talk about it, because you're an expert and I am not. Oh, that's true. I am an expert. So we live in an age where technology reigns, correct? Mm-hmm. Reigns supreme, even. Reigns my life. It ruins and reigns. Does mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. It's the alpha and the omega. Mm-hmm. Um, this applies to giving birth to babies at this point. Wow. Because I read an article on KSL all about how technology is getting fused into birthing process. Okay, tell me. So... <laughs> I need to pu- I need to pull up the article because I actually I prepared for this podcast and set aside some lines that I was really 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 excited. Whoa! By. This so, is a first. <laughs> this is the first time we're eleven episodes in and I prepared. <laughs> well, finally, someone's pulling their weight around here. So the general basis of the article is just how technology is now used to kind of like comfort and you know just give a better atmosphere to people who are giving birth. That seems pertinent to our podcast. So my first question is... Yes. To you as a person who's given birth to two children. Yes. How influential was technology in this process? Was it influential at all? I mean, it's influential in that they were monitoring babies. No, I don't care about that. Oh. uh, Like, did you have an iPod in your ears? I did not have an iPod. Was Steve and your husband, like, filming anything on his phone or, like, Facebook chatting or something like that? I mean, we had like our digital camera there. Oh, so you did have a little we, bit. You know what? With my second daughter, labor takes a while, right? So we were just watching TV. Does that count? <laughs> kind of. TV? This ties into one we of the quotes Bob I pulled. Bob Ross for like a long time. Oh my gosh. Okay. Stop talking about it. I got to bring some of these things up. Okay. Because you're apparently the person to talk to. Yeah. So my first line I've pulled aside. Timpanogos Regional Hospital has an online quiz that can assign a Spotify birth playlist. That what? is a great idea. Uh, mm, Second, you don't? Okay, you don't agree with I this. don't know. Randomized playlists, like even like Spotify, when they think they know me, they're like, hey, here's all the songs we think we'll like this week. I like about half of them. What the other if half, you I'm set like, your you don't own get playlist me at for, all. Your, for giving birth? Yeah, that's fine. 
But you don't know my life. You can't assign me songs. No, I think they give you a quiz and then you fill out the playlist. That sounds fantastic. Oh, I thought that it was a quiz and then they pick a playlist for you. No, that better not be true. You're making your own playlist. Like you're starting with something that's nice and acoustic and then you're really getting into like some rager in the middle and then there's the wind down who knows what you're getting into i don't know what your process is not the rager i'll tell you that much (laughs) there was no raging in the giving of birth (laughs) do you know that they make specific drinks now that people drink (laughs) they make specific drinks that's all that needs to be said (laughs) cool there's something called labor aid okay have you ever had it no do you know anything about it? No, but you're not supposed to drink in labor. You're not supposed to have like any fluids. What are you talking about? You're not supposed to have fluids. They say you can't have food or what? Well, if you get an epidural. If so you labor don't get an epidural, I don't even know your life because I, what is that? So labor aids a lie is what you're trying if, to say. I guess if you're having birth without medication, it might be a thing. But I was not allowed to drink anything. Let me read you a quick line. At Timpanogos Regional Hospital, nurses now offer flavored ice chips oh, and a rotating menu of slushes chips. for moms and okay, labors. Okay, that's different. And custom flavored sodas for afterbirth with birth-themed names such as Bahama Mama, Kangaroo Kicker, and Labor Aid. Okay, two things. Ice chips. Yeah, you can have ice chips. Second, I feel like this line, custom flavored sodas for afterbirth, isn't great. No. <laughs> that was my very first thought. <laughs> That's all I could think of for those custom flavored sodas got me so rattled. Placenta diet I'm all, Coke. uh, this is not the mixer we want. I've mixed anyway. some strange things in my life, but I steer clear of that. I will say this. After giving birth, I did really enjoy having a nice big Diet Coke. Wow. It was like the come down. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. And they give you cookies. Oh my gosh. Like Lorna Dunes. Worth it. Worth the pregnancy. I and wish labor I could have birth so bad based upon what you've told me. <laughs> for the Diet Coke and cookies. <laughs> All right. Here's another line that I'd like to read. Local hospitals no longer have technical policies regarding how many people or who can be in the room when a mother gives birth. Barat has seen the rooms packed with as many as 24 people coming in, which has included an entire sports team and a patient who had 20 family members with her. Oh, that's Here too many. is my first question. Okay. Let's let's say you're a coach of a sports team. Sure. Let's say you're looking for an after sports activity. You finished sure. the ball game and you know you're looking for something to do. Do you take your sports team to a live birth? What is happening here? Hey guys, you know what sounds fun? Let's go see a woman push another human out of her body. Great game, Bobby, Billy, Joey. We're heading on over to the Timpanogos Regional Hospital to celebrate Meg's giving birth. We're gonna go watch. Yeah, that's so, weird. So that's weird, weird on their end. Yeah. If you're the person giving birth, like if you had an entire Little League baseball team staring at you while you were giving birth, would you not be freaked out? I would be freaked out. Yes, I'd be freaked out. But there's some people who are like cooler with that than I am. Who? Who are these people? I don't know. They're just more open and like, my body is beautiful. And... Like you'd bring a junior jazz team to watch <laughs> well, or beautiful? I mean, or I feel what? like I there needs it. to be an age requirement. <laughs> okay. Teen boys out entirely. <laughs> What if it's a, a girl junior jazz basketball Maybe. team? Okay. So you're open-minded to that kind of thing. Sure. Um, if they know what they're getting into. I'm alarmed because I'm picturing this room being really small, and there's 24 people, and in the middle of it, there's somebody giving birth. Yeah, that's terrifying. That's terrifying. That sounds like a Renaissance painting. <laughs> I personally think I'm going to paint it at some point in my life. That's disturbing. <laughs> I'm not a good artist, so you don't have to worry about it. All right. Last one. Okay. All that new technology in the room can be a distraction for dads, but Barat says that's nothing new. 
I don't think it's any more now than it was before, Barat said. I think the medium has changed. Back then, it was your dad watching Robocop on video. Now it is that they're playing games on their phone. <laughs> so what I'm taking out of this, the old school birth process, the husband just hangs out and watches Robocop on a loop. Like, yes, what's the true. deal here? Uh, like I uh, said, you can speak to this. You we were watching a lot movies. of Bob Ross. The thing is, labor is not like the movies. Well, for the it's most not part, like the movies. I know, right? It's not like you're like, oh my gosh, I'm having a baby, and then you rush to the hospital, and then you're like having a baby. It's like, hey, I have some contractions. You go to the hospital, you're like, yeah, you're having some contractions. Here, lay in this bed for Here, seven hours. Here, have a Here, let me put labor. KUED on Bob Ross paints. K- yeah, KUER though. KUER TV. Uh, so yeah, you got some time to kill. Um, so we watched a lot of Bob Ross. So birth sounds pretty chill. I mean, my <laughs> births honestly were like chill. Wow, cool. Other births, I think that stuff happens and shiz gets weird, but... Before technology, births weren't chill. No. In fact, in the 80s, my mom gave birth in a car. Did she really? Yeah, to my sister. What? Intense, huh? Is she okay? Oh yeah, she's great. Was it just like really fast? I think so. <sighs> I, I haven't asked the full story. <sighs> I don't like that. Ever since I asked my mom if I could bring my Little League baseball team to watch her give birth, <laughs> I, I kind of stopped asking questions about she, that. She hasn't been super <laughs> She hasn't been really open with, like, kind of what goes on. <laughs> well, point is... Well, that's the note that we want to end that section on. That's the weirdest in Utah news. I want to read one of Chris Raw's tweets in a segment we're calling Explain That Tweet. Good echo. Thanks. That was not a, a microphone effect. No, that that was, was all vocal that manipulation. That was all me. At Chris Rawl. Chris Wall, you can call me that. At Chris Rawl tweeted, just guzzled a gallon of whole milk in preparation for tonight's hashtag holy war. <laughs> Let's get weird, people. Let's get weird. But by the end of the night, I'd actually drink three gallons of whole milk That's just to celebrate the holy war. The fiercest college football who, rivalry around Cougars and Utes. Who did you want to win? You know, I wanted Utah because I'd bet on them, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't really matter to me who wins. I just yeah. enjoy that rivalry as a whole because it causes a lot of infighting amongst people that I know. So that's Here's always enjoyable. I wish I cared about anything as much as some people seem to care about this rivalry. I don't, though. You don't care about the rivalry. You, a BYU no. grad. Proud BYU grad. I think grad. I went to one football game mm. the whole duration of my college years. One football game. In your defense, that's not really a football program that is worth going to see. Oh, shade. <laughs> this comes from a Nebraska fan who couldn't be more depressed about his own football team, so take that with a grain of salt. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Next podcast, it's just going to be 30 minutes of me ranting about Nebraska, and you can just offer solace. How does that sound? That sounds good. Okay, I want to read a tweet thread from you. Okay. A tweet thread. I think this is your first one based upon uh, me piecing together the context of the tweets. <laughs> All right. It's seven parts. It's a seven-part act, we'll call it. Strap in, everybody. Part one. I spent three hours in elementary school reading to kids today. Here's a thread. Part two. Is this how a thread works? I don't actually know. That was the context. (laughs) Part three. I should mention that I spent three hours reading to kids because it was a work requirement, not because I'm a good person. Number four. Anyway, I'm glad I went because kids are freaking hilarious and also terrifying. Tweet five. One kid out of nowhere said... Did you know when you choke, your face turns blue? (laughs) Tweet six. Another wrote a small book titled Death at the Office for the group assignment. Tweet seven. I guess this is the end of the thread. True stories. So do you want to give any context for this? So last week, we, as Silicon Slopes, 
went to an elementary school to read to kids. Uh, I read to a class of first graders and a class of third graders. And yeah, they said some weird shiz. <laughs> real, kids are really into asphyxiation these days, kids apparently. Are dark. What, what happened to these kids? I don't know, but it really was just out of nowhere. He was like, by the way, did you know? <laughs> That when you choke, the book we are reading is Ira Sleeps Over. There's no choking in that book. Kids what still thought it was important. What happened? What's happened with these kids? These kids nowadays. Anyway. <laughs> Thing is, he's probably going to be like a super successful writer or something. Right? He's going to be a super successful he's tech savant. He's like the next Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I like that, actually. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino, I bet if you had read to his class... You would have heard some weird stats from I him. feel like it's all about just like channeling those dark thoughts to the right places, you know? Hmm. That's usually how I approach my Silicon Slopes articles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us on the This Is The Place podcast. We'll be back next week. Meg, it's yeah. always been a pleasure and today has been an even greater pleasure. I know. It really has. <laughs> Probably because it's just the two of us. We're back to the old, duo, the old tandem. Thousand degrees in here. I actually didn't even once like start crying because I was so hot and delirious from having so many people in this room. <laughs> Which is good. All right, catch you on the flip side. Peace.